June 2nd, 2022. It's the Wild for Pedro show. Will the heat pull that on you uh, actually working on the job? Or had he done this before, previously, with you, where he'd gotten up and left the piano and, and uh, left you so, so to speak, holding the bag? Well, he just started that on the job. He just started on the job? How how did you feel about it when he first did it? Well, I, I was, I was, I started looking around for him the first time he did it. But after, after that, I got used to it, you know, and I just tried to hold up till he got back. Why do you think he did it? I don't know. He said he, said he wanted to hear it, and he said he wanted to hear the band. <laughs> when he did that, he said he, he was an audience himself, and he was listening to the band. And then he come back, you know, he, he got something out of that thing. You know. I used to get the biggest kick out of the way he'd uh, do this little shuffle dance on the side, you know? Yeah, I wanted to see that myself, you know? <laughs> I couldn't see. Did it ever occur to you to, to pull your heart away from your golf and walk over and stand behind him? And then he'd throw me off and then over and shadow Yeah, I should have done that, man. I wanted to see it myself. Like, it was so interesting. Everybody was talking about it. And every once in a while, I'd open up one eye and peep at it, you know? <laughs> He was really enjoying it, you know, so, that was, he, was, he was getting a big kick then.
Waffle Pedro Show. Happy Thursday. Yep. I got all, uh, flights were canceled. Watt got out all the joint. But uh, luckily, Howard, we got to give respect to. And my guest, Baird, Baird with me. Baird. That's terrible English. And we start off the show with John Coltrane talking August Bloom in 1958 about Thelonious Monk dancing when they were doing gigs. And then Hush Drops with Tamara. Welcome aboard. John Samwan. Hello, what? Good to see you. <laughs> we get it. Okay. John, please bring your earliest musical recollection. Oh, earliest. Yeah, man. And it's a lot um, from Pedro's show. There's no hard questions and no wrong answers. Yeah, you know, well, you know, I was born in uh, uh, right at the end of the 60s, like right before Christmas of 69. So, you know, that when I was a little boy, just, man, there was music everywhere, you know. And, uh, you know, my parents just always had the radio on and had records playing. Um, so, yeah, my earliest memories were just going through their collection and pulling out anything that had a cool looking cover. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's what your I remember earliest, starting with. Yeah, your, let, let me try to sum it up. Your yeah. earliest musical recollection is looking at records with bitch and covers. Yes, absolutely. And the cover was sort of the, you know, that was the, uh, the enticement, you know, um, you know, and I re specifically remember Sergeant Pepper, just all those colors, like, well, this has got to be cool. Um, well, let me ask you this, your opinion on gatefold. Oh, I love Gatefold. <laughs> I need it. Um, Both barrels. <laughs> yeah, you know, I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't had to clean weed in a long time, but, uh, you know, <laughs> the, ga the That's Gatefold what we is, uh, for it too. <laughs> got a lot going for it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, in the pad you grew up, was it Chicago? Uh, I grew up in, well, I lived in, we lived in Kansas City then. Oh, okay. Um, Charlie Parker. Yeah, until I was about 10. And then uh, then in New Orleans. Well, let me ask you this. In the pad you grew up, or these pads, was there musical instruments? There were not musical instruments. Um, okay, let me I, ask you I, this then. Yeah. The school thing. Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? We had... Uh, you know, when I was also oh, when I was in uh, you know elementary school, like kindergarten and all that, we had a music class, and you know, my parents told me there was some story where the teacher called and complained that I was making fun of the song, that you know something like Santa's Little Helper or something like that, uh, and uh, you know so uh, all right, well this guy's opinionated, he's obviously got standards, uh, so we, we better get him an instrument, you know. Okay. <laughs> cause and effect, and, cause and effect. Right, and then yeah, high school in New Orleans, I played in the jazz band, which was uh, that was uh, that was just straight up awesome. And, uh, what 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 machine? What instrument? Uh, I was playing guitar in the jazz band. Oh, okay. Now, now, uh, only taught through school, or did you have a teacher on the outside? Well, I, you know, I was self-taught on the instrument oh, and they, great. you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm left-handed and my folks got me, you know, uh, with the best of intentions, they got me a right-handed guitar for, uh, you know, like my 11th birthday and, uh, I didn't care, you know. Did, did you ask for the guitar? Or was it their idea? 
It was their idea. You know, sometimes, you know, you know how it is. You're, yeah, yeah, absolutely. My pop. You can, yeah. you know what your kids need, you know. Yeah, my uh, ma, she wanted me. She said, uh, she made me for a little while take tap dance lessons in Virginia because she said my coordination was fucked up and it keep me from falling down as much. So, how old were you? I don't know, like seven. Oh, yeah. did it help? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> let, 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 let me Let me ask you this. Uh, was it the Jimmy thing? You know, Jimmy could play because he was left-handed, right? But and especially in those days, so he learned how to even play upside down, right? Without right. stringing. Yeah, um, you know, and I and I didn't, I wouldn't have known that then, but yeah. So I learned upside down, and that's how I play to this day. Wow! Um, guitar, I'll you, bass, I'll tell you this. Uh, you know, Kay uh, Black Flag, she played bass. She's got a solo yeah. album out, and uh, she thought the, the the happening hand was supposed to be the fretting hand. So she played right handed, even though she was left handed. She didn't know the plucking hand was supposed to be the strong one. Oh, right, 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 because of your meter and all that. Yeah, um, that's a trip. It, you know, look, we all come from different places, and then we, we arrive to where we're spieling with each other now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> tell me, tell me more about. So you're you're actually playing it upside down. Playing it upside down. Albert uh, King. Albert King, I think, did that. Albert King, yeah. Um, yeah, Dick Dale, I think. Yep. Uh, yeah. There's a couple. There's a few. Um, but playing it upside down and uh, then, you know, had jazz band in high school, learned a, had a really cool teacher, learned all kinds of, you know, really crazy chords, just kind of Steely Dan chords, you know. Yep, yep, yep. Denny, uh, Denny Diaz or something, Right, yeah, and you'll you'll take that stuff with you forever. Uh, you know, it's you know how it is. Anything you learn uh, at any stage of your musical life, it's always kind of it's in there. It's in your hands. You know what? I got kind of a philosophy. And anytime you play, you're invested in the next time you play. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, what about? Now, I'm not talking about graduation, but in the afternoon, after school, the basement band, the bedroom band, the garage band, did you do that? Uh, I did, yeah. Uh, my, yeah, I had some friends. Uh, some of my best friends were also players. Um, we were all misfits, so, and that was our whole social life, was just getting together to play. Who's Pat? Um, uh, never mind. Um, always the drummers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I had a guest yeah. on it. I said the same thing because he's, he's the, the dude in the rear with lots of gear. <laughs> yeah, you know, my wife's a drummer. So, you know, we've decided, you know, with the kids, yeah. you know, if either of them ever, you know, goes that way, well, look, you know, this is, uh, we've signed on for this. You know, we got to find a way to, <laughs> you know, have the pad. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and was music your connect? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, a lot of, yeah, a lot of, I mean, I feel like a lot of my, you may feel the same way. A lot of my friendships in, uh, to this day are sort of that music was the, uh, initial bond. Absolutely. You know? In fact, I call music a lifeline. It absolutely is. Yeah. Okay. What about, okay. The gigs you did at school were like kind of, uh, recitals or. Yeah. Um, we played Jazz Fest. That was cool. Okay, would you uh, let's back up a little bit? First uh, album you bought with your own money? 
Oh, with my own money. Uh, that was Tommy by The Who. Oh, yeah, the opera. And first gig you saw? First gig I saw was Elton John at the Chicago Stadium. Elton John. 1976. Chicago, you mean uh, the the one on Clark? Oh, uh, you know, I'm a child of divorce, so uh, yeah, I was up here in summers, but uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, Elton yeah, because John. there's another stadium too, White Sox, right? Um, oh God, so yeah, White Sox is what Comiskey Park, um, and uh, right Cubs Wrigley, obviously. Uh, so I guess yeah, the you know Chicago there was a stadium. club there I used to always play called Cabaret Metro. Yes, of course, and uh, yeah, I, 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 know, I know, I've seen, I saw you play at Double Door once. A lot of Double uh, Door, Milwaukee, right? Um, yes, yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I did a lot of gigs there, and I did a lot at Cabaret Metro. And, and get this, John, I was conceived in Chicago, so. Right on, man. <laughs> my ma told me that. I was helping the Stooges do that weirdness record. And my ma said, you know, she she, uh, she grew up in Wyoming and ship, and it was a coal town. And when they closed it down, they had to move. And she moved to Peoria. And I, I don't think the coast people understand, but Chi-Town is the big Midwest town. Oh, it's absolutely, yeah. Very much so. So she moved up there. She told me the address. I borrowed Steve Albini's butt. You know, it was recorded. I yeah. I rode up there and I got on the leash. I said, Ma, it's here. Michael Watt, you were conceived there. <laughs> That's incredibly cool. Yeah. We uh, we recorded electrical. That's, uh, and I feel like that's the best also, studio. Also, Bob, Bob Weston, good guy. Yeah. Best studio on the planet as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. He's really cool people, uh, Steve Albini. They got a good bedside manner, right? Right. I conked there. I didn't use a tail. I conked with his cat. He's yes. He's way to poker. That's right. Look, I want to play Psychic Space. Please. I'm satisfied the earth will shift tomorrow. Just like it did today.
quello che mangia spinto da questo ogni battilante
dance to live stream on the high definition boil hamster quite soon for a feast you in bombs deep frying some shelves updating their profile dig tunnel by night two places of safety we'll make a video call when ceilings are falling Paris still in India the rent were fixed it for me
show that chunk of music it started off with hush drops with psychic space and then we had ben shemmy the eye northern job brand new 
sundowning, chat pile, slaughterhouse, Argo out of Barcelona with prehistorico. <laughs> yeah, no siento. Puppet Midnight from England with woodland fire destroying bird's nest. Stop. Con Court, Corstephine Hill <laughs> from Puppet Midnight. Fuck. Some of these tiles are hard. <laughs> oh, Skullcaster. Yeah, this is Chris Cohen out of Texas with Baylock's Keys. Obama's printing uh, around the D.C. area with Make a Mind Medium Salsa. Coughlin, Song of Coaken, then the Wedding Prototype. Practice. Probably at Quinn's house, late 90, 1984, from Treacherous Jay Walkers, which uh, features uh, Charlie Hayden's boy, uh, Josh Hayden. And then Rubber O Cement with Acarius Lumdracodius Interlude. And finally, Divine Hush Drops. Okay, can you remember the first you, uh, school gig you did? Oh, I, yeah, we did an assembly, and I swear, all I can remember about it is it had something to do with all the, like, sort of Nancy Reagan era, uh, <laughs> just say no stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was I was not saying no at, at 16, but uh, <laughs> at, <laughs> I don't know if many of the people in the auditorium were, but uh, that was sort of the premise that we were... You know, playing we under. We were using the gatefold sleeves to clean the mota. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and some albums got more action than others. You know, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, but, but would you call that gig a success? Now, how how big the? It was a big ensemble, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of horns, uh, drums, bass, and guitar. Horns. Um, that's why everybody yeah. who wasn't a horn was in the fucking rhythm section. Piano, guitar, you know, of course, yeah. bass and drums. Yeah, because they were so fucking loud. Amplifiers changed all that. Well, yeah, and you you know, so it's funny. That, so that's like the first place I heard, like, Naima and oh, a lot of songs Coltrane. like that that we were playing, arrangements You of. guys played Naima? We played Naima, yeah. Oh, man. So what'd you do, like the McCoy Tyner parts? I guess that's, yeah, I guess I was, yeah, playing him on the guitar, yeah. Um, he did and make a record big... with uh, Kenny Burrell, and he did do a gig, I think maybe the Monterey Jazz Festival with Wes Montgomery, but, oh, man, that that's bitching. So, it, uh, the first gig, it was a blur, but you think it was a success? It had to have been good, because I know, you know, you get, I got hooked, right? You know, yeah, you, yeah. Um, you get bit. You get bit, yeah, and it's like whether it's you know playing someone's backyard party or sure, what have you, yeah. Um, Pedro, we call those keggers. Yes, yes. So uh, <laughs> you know that was also part of my high school experience. Is uh, we definitely uh, you know played a kegger or two. Um, well, you know this band where you practiced uh, drummer's pad. Did did that band have a name? No, no, we never, uh, never needed one, you know, it just, uh. Because you never did it, a gig? No, yeah, no, I don't, you know, I think we might have played a talent show or something, and so we probably, you know, I can't remember what we would have called ourselves, but I bet it was something pretty stock, if I'm being honest, like, you know, Destroyer. Let me, let me, <laughs> oh, the Kiss, uh, let, let, let me ask you about the material. Was it copying records or was it original? 
Oh, we were doing uh, we were doing hard rock, classic rock, heavy metal. Um, just yes, the stuff that we liked, and uh, yeah, so we were yeah, absolutely playing covers in high school. But was there a point when you wrote your first song? There was. Uh, Tell me and I'd that. been yeah, I'd been in. Uh, I came up to Chicago and. You know, joined a band when I came up here and was just kind of playing guitar and still had that. Well, I play the guitar, but somebody else songs come from wherever. You know, I didn't make the connection that uh, you could write your own songs. Music really. can be a means of expression. Um, but uh, you know what I'm saying? I never knew yeah. that, too. It was just something I did with D. Boone to be with him. And then I found out music can be a means of expression. Yeah, right. It, it it does. Yeah, it starts with the the thrill of bonding and uh, and just you know the thrill of performing. And next thing you know, you realize, oh, I'm like I got no, something like, to say. I, what, John, what I'm trying to relate is like mm -hmm. uh, copying songs off records. It was like building models. You know, kind of looked yes. like the real thing. But but then when I saw uh, you know I saw the bags, I saw punk gig, and it was like wow. They need to say something. Oh, so the bags was sort of your uh, eureka moment See. with with writing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I I only wrote one song as a, a pre minute man reactionary guy. I was uh, it was called Mister Bass King Outer Space, and it was about playing some kind of bass solo where everybody was blown off the stage. And I, I, obviously, I had issues. There was a lot of well, hierarchy with the arena rock base. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and uh, and I, I don't stand for it. I play bass in a lot of bands, actually. So, oh, uh, what did you get on bass? Um, you know, I guess somebody must have asked me to. You know, it was one. Of, it was a like in my late twenties. I think it was a thing where, well, somebody's got to play the bass. You where some people were getting together and like. <laughs> Well, I could, you know, I can certainly, well, like, just. Somebody's uh, got to fucking go get rid of the trash, right? Somebody pick up. What was your, fir your first bass? Um, my first bass was like a real janky, generic, maybe even homemade, like, sort of a copy of a Beatle bass. Ah, <laughs> oh, them little, uh, yeah, I got what, a Hofner Made in China one. I and, always keep it where yeah. I'm comped. So if I got to write a song, I've composed so much shit on this. I also did all of uh, this opera I did with Petra Hayden with uh, Charlie Plymel's Planet Chernobyl uh, libretto. Th those ba bases are bitching. And what was oh, your yeah. amp? What was your amp? Oh, man. I, I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, what did I have? Uh, oh, I had something. This is kind of, I still got it. It's a cool amp. It was called a Bassmaster 200. Um, I think Yorkville makes it. It's blue. It's ridiculous. Like it's sort a of bass shag. master, <laughs> and and it's just a little combo amp that I could carry around. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know they're loud. Uh, they're loud enough. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's bitching you got into bass. And uh, did you have any bass heroes? Uh, you know, I mean, I gotta say McCartney's a big one. Yeah, he's uh, good. Got uh, John Paul Jones. He's good. Uh, yeah. Um, what about on guitar? Guitar. Uh, you know, I, I, I like Johnny Marr a lot. Um, I got to meet him in uh, Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, he was a very kind man. 
Oh, that's super cool. He's uh, way into James Williamson. Oh, who is who is amazing? Uh, you played with James, didn't you? Yeah, and he's very kind to me. Oh man, that's that's awesome. Uh, did you? Uh, I know I'm digressing here. But you know what? You what? were doing uh, you were doing guitar before you knew about Johnny Marr. So who was your early cats? Um, earliest probably uh, Jimi Hendrix, Pete Townsend. Yeah. Um, yeah, people yeah, but like no that. No acoustic cats, no John Fahey. Um, not until much later, you know, and that came along, of course. Uh, and similarly, um, you know, like. Nick Drake and Steve Howe and Joni Mitchell oh, yeah. and people like that. Um, you know, can work a guitar and bass pretty well too. Is Jim O'Rourke? That's correct. Yeah, no, I know. I, yeah, and I saw. I've, I've seen him with Sonic Youth a few times, um, and he just seemed like one of those guys. Like you put anything in his hand, and good things are going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Look, John, we're at the end of first hour, June two, twenty twenty-two. This show, what Pedro show. Hold tight for hour two. June 2, 2022. It's the second hour of the Lot for Pedro show. Everybody's showing off their best side for the photograph. Everybody's standing in their best light on their own behind. And I tried my best to get it back Found that I'd been reading from the wrong page of your almanac Everybody knows that you've got places you won't go Showing off their best side for the 
I've been doing this show 20 years, 21 years, and I'm still blowing plants. People, we start off the second hour with plants from Hush Drops, Ben Salter out of Tasmania with Want, Harry Sa- Harisima with Enlad Azud, Noemi Bucci, Nothing is Artificial, If Bawana, Solo Duet 3 for Violin and Viola, Brother Al Margolis there in Chester, New York. Finally, Hush Drops, one of the guys. People, we are going to be enlightened to what Hush Drops is all about. Well, that was that was the big event. It still is the big event in my life was uh, meeting Joe Camarillo, um, who was, you know, he and I were the two constants in Hush Drops for, you know, 30 years. And uh, it's all of our, just at one point, a bunch of our friends, people in different bands were saying, you know who you got to meet? And they were saying it to both of us. I was about 23 at the time um, and already been in bands and he'd already been in bands, but people kept telling us, yeah, you got to play with this guy. And so I just cold called him and we started talking about Cheech and Chong. And uh, <laughs> Me and Dee Boone used to listen to those records. And I knew he was, yeah, I knew he like, all right, well, this guy's going to be my best friend, even if, even if we sound like shit, you know. What's um, your first name? Come on, Bob. <laughs> starts with a B. <laughs> yeah. I know this one, man. Um, You're busted, officer. Oh, yeah, I love all the sort of foley effects on those records, all the background <laughs> sounds that they uh like they could have been Laurel and Hardy out. No, the ones where they had to drive in trying to find the right place to park. Oh, incredible. <laughs> yeah. The dudes in the trunk. Yeah. yeah. Break the key. Start pissing all over. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you got a rod? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got a mocha delight. And a, um, so, uh, you know, so we just man what are you guys Joe. doing we're watching this indian movie but it's really boring <laughs> that's a fucking test pattern <laughs> oh god chuck you farley sure yeah <laughs> uh, so uh yeah so i met joe and instantly we became best friends and you know and this may have been your experience with d where you know you know you're a musician but you start playing with somebody and suddenly like oh i sound way better with this guy than i sound with anybody else well, his mom put me on bass. He jumped out of the tree on me. He thought I was his next door neighbor. He had bad eyesight. What a happy accident. <laughs> Changed my fucking life. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I ought to jump out of more trees. Yeah. Um, um, I think, so, uh, yeah. So Joe and I, you know, just his approach to the drums was just a whole different thing. And he. He was like the best singer in any band that I would ever be in. Um, so it, you know, just gave me a certain confidence because of the Can way you we remember the together. first Hush Drops gig. What's that? Can you remember the first Hush Drops gig? Yeah. Yeah. It was at a real divey place. Uh, it's not there anymore on Division Avenue called Czar Bar. And uh, we... Uh, I mean, I feel like we probably rehearsed once and it was just kind of like, well, we'll, again, one of those things, uh, well, look, we'll show up and something good will happen, um, which is kind of the confidence that uh, I think that we gave each other, uh, you know, and, uh, and yeah, through the rest of our. I, John, I know what you mean, man. Yeah. I, 
I was scared shitless to do gigs, man. I looked over there at D Boone. Man, I'm his left hand man. Oh, we'll be fine, yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's great that, you know, that we can have that effect on each other, you know. That's a it's a very beautiful thing. Was that first gig a success? You know, I don't think that we were even all that outstanding, but something about the experience was outstanding. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, I guess that's what, that's what I took away from it was just like, well, I want to do it again, you know? Um, and you're saying 30 years. Yeah. 30 years, you know, he, and he passed away, um, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, so we had a hell of a ride together and it was, it was just really just that combination of music and friendship. I just, the only thing I ever think about it is like how lucky I was. You know. Yep. Yep. Grateful, like grateful, right? Yeah, right. And every day, something will happen. You know, something. I'll think of something that seems funny to me, or you know, it's like, oh well, you know, there's only one person I could really like riff on this joke with. Um, <laughs> but it's you know, that's the kind of thing. It it keeps them alive, in my opinion. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what exactly you mean. I want to play this down. Yeah. This town doesn't matter what you say, it gets harder every day. This town makes no difference, what I do. Thank you.
Funke geistern. Die Welt in Schutt und Asche liegen. Ein kleiner Funke stößt es an. Eine Flamme kann ein schöner Schein sein und ein Trost, ein Segen und dann im Feuer ertrank Wortzeiten einer stolzer Stadt.
show that chunk of music start off with hush drops doing this town then blood quartet out of barcelona brand new this gus is loaded little pun rock adam smith for stringing tins with horse frightened by a lion wild foam from rock kalam bob moses damon smith duo st louis not far from kansas alexandria after that Brand new Kim Boom, Kim Bomb, sorry, and Kester out of Berlin. Ray Shin, pre-flight check, and finally Hush Drops with Summer People. So t- tell me about this stuff that you sent me. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, well, you know, so I guess the oldest stuff would be uh, like Summer People. That song's about 25 years old. Um, and that's one of those things, you know, like that song is kind of all drums and, you know, so I just had that chords and melody, but again, you know, Joe, my partner just, you know, he hears that and is able to come up with this very, uh, striking 
you know, gives gives the song its whole character, really, his his performance. Um, Absolutely. So, I mean, you would bring, you would go first, you'd bring the idea and say, hey, what do you feel? Yeah, I would just, yeah, I just had like, because I figured, well, like, if I start strumming a guitar and singing something, you know, he'd always come up with something that I could have never, you know, so it wasn't like Brian Wilson or something where like, all right, everybody, here's your charts and, you know. No, um, you were like uh, creating springboards, launch pads. Right, yeah, that's just how it worked for us, yeah. And I think I mean, that's kind of a, I mean, you know, the best bands, I feel like that's, uh, you know, that's how they exist. Um, Instead of and, like some realized endpoint and everybody's got to like try to make that happen. Instead, you're like being provocative and like, what, what do you think about this? What are you going to do about this? Oh, yeah. And yeah, and some people always just always come up with the goods, you know. Um, yeah. And, and Joe, Joe was one of those people for sure. Um, what about this town? Oh, this town, man. That's a good one. Uh, though I say it myself. Uh, yeah, I wrote that in uh i was on vacation in like big sur cali Monterey, yeah monterey carmel and it was one of those PCH, things, like, highway one i woke up uh, i love highway one man um i woke up way before anyone else and it was a beautiful spring day and so i just went out and, like i was so i was like i'm gonna try to write like one of them like smith songs that's really like too many notes in the chords and, jo uh, johnny marr yeah, just got to. I'm gonna try to write one of those, and uh, so that's what it was. And again, you know, once you put it in the hands of the band, um, it just it went light years beyond what I would have ever dreamed. Um, Speaking of light years, what about planets? Planets, yeah. Um, that, uh, yeah, that was me. You know, uh, I'm 52 now, and I think I was. 48 when I wrote that, and I was listening to a lot of Gene Clark. All right. And, uh, you know, he's just got that beautiful, deep voice. Absolute. And I was like, it just kind of pushed me in a certain direction. Like, well, why, what can I sing something in my talking, my talking range? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, Do the yes. titles, titles come first or last? Um... Usually last, but sometimes first. Uh, sometimes, you, you know, Summer People was just a title that we thought was funny. Like, like we thought it was like a song that Slade would have or something. <laughs> or the Bay well, City Rollers. Yeah, but like... you'd have to spell it all weird. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, John, we're at the end of second hour, June 2, 2022. This Watt Pito Show special guest, John San Juan. Hold tight for hour three. June 2, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
since my mother was a win. The law would be on an orphan farm. Then I ran away, away from myself, on the mean streets of despair. It's a constant struggle to survive in a world that doesn't care. They caught me for stealing food and told me that they didn't want me around. So they put me on the next open train that was headed out of town. I'm on an orphan train going to an unknown city. I'm feeling sad and feeling pity. I'm on an orphan train. They promised me And 
Pedro Show. Start off the third hour. Hush Drops do an elevator. Then Crane with the Orphan Train. Hot Pursuit of Happiness. New prods from Dullum. 
Here Comes the World, brand new from Luca Aaron, born on procession, procession, born on procession, yeah, I don't know. Nels Klein and Elliot Sharp, Five Tastes of Sour. I got to play with Nels Klein Saturday in um, North Adams, Massachusetts. I brought him on for two songs, Red and Black, Red Ballistico, and then We Are Time, and I think it was 18 minute, maybe 20 minute almost, version of We Are Time, which makes sense, right? Hits the title. And then finally, Hush Drops, The Lummox. Tell me about The Lummox. Is that the Dr. Seuss? Oh, man, you know, uh, I, so look, I just, I came up with that melody and, you know, um, I was like, well, I don't want to sing this. I think I can, I can just play the melody. We can have a, song doesn't have to have words, right? right. Uh, and, uh, and we started playing it, and it just had this bull in the china shop quality to it. Like, it just sounded like a big drunk guy knocking shit over. And uh, so it kind of titled itself. <laughs> <laughs> but the same thing, right? You come up with something on the guitar, you show it to the cats, and then they respond. And then they tell you how it's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, but I like this idea of the starting point instead of like, you know, this is the drill, you know, or whatever the fuck. What about Elevator? Oh, Elevator. Yeah, man. That was, uh, you know, and that's, that's I guess I wrote that one a while ago, but, uh, you know, me and my wife had gone, when we were dating, we'd gone to see Stevie Wonder, and, uh, you know, he's got all those, you know, those sort of like, oh, God, I don't know what you would call them, these sort of cascading chromatic ballads where the chords are kind of like a staircase going down. Right. And it's got all these songs like that. And I was like, man, that's, that's, that's a really moving effect. And you know, could I write something like that? And, uh, so that was the song. And the oh, so idea you know what was else? like, you know, it's another uh, trippy thing he's got. I think three of his records is just him. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and he, I think he's a hell of a drummer. Uh, that's what he would start with. I heard he'd start with the drum yes. part. Oh, and what a what a feel, you know. Um, and so, yeah. So the idea was like, let's do like, what would it, what would like a what would a punk band playing Stevie Wonder sound like? <laughs> like, just kind of easy listening hardcore or something. <laughs> right. An elevator title uh, after. <laughs> what's that? Title came later or, or before? Oh, yeah, see, it see, came I later. I asked you that it... question, John, because I have to have a title at the beginning or I, I don't have any focus. Well, I noticed that uh, as, you know, when I was a kid and I started seeing, you know, when the Miniman records started coming out and I'd look at them. I wasn't that young, but uh, I'd, I'd look at the covers and, uh, like, I think this title came first, you know, like... <laughs> You know, political song for Michael Jackson to yeah, sing or which is exactly you. what it was. Yeah. I, I sent it to his management, and I never got word back. But I thought if Mike Jackson sang that song, Minutemen would never have to explain themselves again. All right. He's got a hell of a platform. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to distill it and, you know, whatever. But, yeah, Bob Dylan wrote probably <laughs> Well, yeah, and you notice that, like, Bob Dylan, too, like, all of those things, like, those title has, where the title is, you know, positively 4th Street or whatever, it yeah. doesn't really, it's not directly related to the lyrics, but, Rainy you know. Rainy Day Woman number whatever and whatever. Oh, 
Yes, yes, that is. And the chorus is Everybody Must Get Stoned. (laughs) Right, right. I guess you couldn't put out a song called Everybody Must Get Stoned in the (laughs) mid-60s, yeah. So, you know, he was stealth, you know, reasonably. Um, Elevator, you know, it seemed like, again, the whole thing about, like, you know, a rockin' band playing elevator music. (laughs) (laughs) Little cruise control, huh? Look. Yes, exactly. I, 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 well I want to play this. I had a room. Tell, uh, set us up. Ah, oh, I had a room. You know, that's that's uh, the you know the band. Like we took a few years off because we we'd been touring and making records and just kind of we need a little need a little a little air. Yep. And uh, you know, so we took a few years off. We played with other people, and then uh, the first time we came back together, it was like. Oh no! This is this is how music goes, and these are the people, and this is this is who you hang with. This it's is a lot crew. about people, huh? People ask me about the old days. I said, "Was I think the new days is about people too?" Yeah. So I had a room was just a, a celebration of uh, like getting back with your people and uh, being thankful for it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Let's listen. Had a room and it got crowded. Had a truth and it got doubted Had a soul and it got prouder Had a roll and it got louder Had a goal and it got crowded Tried to tell you all about it Had a need to scream and shout it
sadness Chance of fire to bring everyone cheer Give me once without sadness Come to me now, please lend me your ear Liver and I in the madness Chance of fire, make a drop from the blues Swinging for free in the gladness Time and rhyme and it's freedom from you
Did Monday come too late? Did Tuesday come too late? Could anything have altered? Just and fate. So you put your hands together. And this is what you made. Show last music for this edition. Chunk started off with Hush Drops doing I Had a Room. Then we had the Neighborhood Bass Coalition doing Dark Funk. Gary Lucas's Gods and Monsters with Glowworm. Schooner out of Canada. Something live. Killer Rain. And then M Mountain Offensive. This brother Phil up in Mammoth. The Blue Planet. Going to see the world turn around. Finally, Monday. I thought, you know, Monday's the start of the week. Why shouldn't it end the fucking show? So you, uh, your next plan. John, <laughs> bring your next plans. Oh, did you say my next plans? Yeah. Oh, you know, um, you know, right now, um, you know, me and Jim Shapiro, the bass player from Hush Drops, uh, we, you know, we didn't do nothing for a a while after Joe died, and I just thought, well, 
we're, we're not going to do nothing. That's, 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 a, I don't know how else to play music. Um, got real, you know, depressed about it. And then we did a benefit show about half a year later. And I was like, you know what? It feels good to play. It feels good to play this music. Yeah. Um, so we're back at it. And, um, you know, we've got some friends, various friends that are playing with us. Um, and, you know, I, I've still got other gigs. Uh, actually, I play bass with this guy, Josh Caterer, who was on your show. Yes. Um, so uh, it's just, you know, make myself available, stay available, stay hungry, you know. What about the politics of bass? You look good making other cats look good. <laughs> That's what it's all about, yeah. I love um, it. I fucking, oh, I can't thank T. Boone's I, ma enough for putting me on fucking bass when I was 12. I believe in it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And where can people find you on the inter internet? Oh, you know what? Uh, you know, you can find Hush Drops anywhere um, on any of the platforms. Is there a um, Hush Drops website? You know, we don't have one. Um, you know, I had one up, and it wasn't get. You know, people were just going to Bandcamp and Facebook and what have you. So I said, "Fuck it." Uh, it just seemed like one more mouth to feed, really. Yeah, but the uh, thing is, it's kind of like a zine where at least there's no filter. Those other pads, yeah, those are telephone poles you can staple up flyers. But the thing but about someone else's, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There's someone else's telephone pole, though. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't own the telephone company yet. Right, they can come take it down. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want that. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. I know, so I'm all into that. But there's something about, to me, the biggest parallel with a website is a zine, where nobody can yes. tell you what you're going to put on it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I asked that question. Okay, okay, so you and the baseman are going to keep on keeping on. We're going to keep on keeping on. Uh, you know, we got, uh, we've been recording again, um, you know, and it's, uh, again, you know, I know, knowing what I know um, of your own life and musical life, uh, you know, I know it's a similar thing where, you know, there might be a moment where you think, oh, I ain't going to play no more. And then uh, at some point you realize, what am I talking about? This is uh, the most satisfying thing in the world. Right with you, John. Right with you. Uh, advice for somebody just wanting to get into music. And they don't have to be young. Oh, by no means, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's its own reward is, is the best thing I could say. You got to, um, you know, obviously find your people or uh, or don't, you know. I mean, if you want to play by yourself, Man that's alone. Valid. Yeah, do it alone. Yeah, that's a, right. that's, Look, that's a thing. When you get the new Hush Drop stuff going, will you come back on the show and we could talk about it? That would be a dream of mine, yeah. Thank you so much, John, truly. It's been a big honor to have you aboard. Thank you so much. People, June 2, 2022, edition of Pedro, so keep your powder dry.